and welcome to the official RoboRoku podcast. I'm Renee. And I'm Josh. And we're here to share our lives as designers and the behind the scenes of RoboRoku. Let's get this party started. Hi, welcome to the relaunch of the RoboRoku podcast. I'm Renee. And I'm Josh. And we're a team RoboRoku. This is going to be our intro episode where we tell you a little bit about us and what you can expect on future podcasts. So it's been a hot minute since our last podcast. I think it was, was it 2010 or 2012? 2010 sounds right. Okay, so it's been a while. A lot has changed in the world, so we're kind of changing things on our end. And we wanted to find a a new way to connect with you or revive an old way that we were connecting with you. Yeah, we wanted to get back to the podcast at some point for a long time. I think it was just, you know, life took over, all the other stuff that we're into took over, and uh, we never were able to get back until now. So this is actually kind of exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. It's been something that I really miss doing, and it was a lot of fun, and we spent all this money on equipment. (laughs) It was just sitting (laughs) and collecting dust in our closet. So it's good to, you know, get the dust off it and connect and... And re- relearn it. And relearn it, yeah. Um, so that's what we're doing. So Josh and I run a business called Roboroku. It's a character lifestyle brand. That's how we characterize it. Our new tagline is, welcome to the house of fun. Yeah, we like to have fun. Fun is pretty much like... All we like to do. <laughs> That's the prime directive, I think. Yeah, fun and happiness. Yeah. We um, were both inspired by Sanrio, which is the company behind Hello Kitty, and Sanex, which is the company behind Relakuma, which if you don't know Relakuma, there's a Netflix show. You should check it out. So cute. <laughs> so cute. We started our business in 2003. Is that right? Technically, yeah, I think. Probably 2003 is right. Okay, so... (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into it. For tax purposes, we're not allowed to say 2003. Um, Officially, it was 2006. Um, But we were collaborating on comics and and little designs on things that I was making for friends and for uh, nonprofits to raise money. And then it just became a thing where people were asking for more of what we were designing and what we were making and for us to sell it. So then we officially like took the dive into becoming a business in 2006. Yeah. And I think in 2003 is when we kind of started thinking, Hey, maybe we should do something with this. And, and we just started thinking about it more as a cohesive thing that we could turn into a business maybe together. Yeah. And it's been, it's been fun. We've done a lot since 2006. We had our first gallery show in 2007 and we learned a lot from that gallery show. Yeah. It was a small show, but it was fun. Yeah. It was small. It was a, what they call a first Friday in San Antonio. I look back at that and I think like we were just such babies at the time, like so young, didn't know what we were doing. (laughs) We did not know what we were doing. We, I mean, we showed up to this gallery we'd never been to before with like a card table yeah, and just laid our stuff on the table. Like we were at a swap meet. Yeah, it was great. 
and we were in the center of this gallery and there was all this really nice art in this gallery and we just had this like swap meet table with our stuff just kind of thrown on it. But people responded to it. They responded well. And I think that was our first taste of, you know, hey, people like our stuff. So maybe we should continue to do this. Yeah. And I mean, San Antonio, we live in Austin, Texas. So San Antonio is about an hour away. So we had drove an hour away to do this event. Honestly, it was what was inspiring was we met the gallery owner and he really loved our work. And afterwards he talked to us about uh, becoming our agent. And we had no idea what an agent did at that time. We didn't even know what we were doing at that time. Yeah, And that was, I think, in like... May of 2007, I think. And then I had some health issues. So we had to put the business on hold for like a year. And then we came back and our next show, our next event was another art event. We participated in what Austin has is called East Austin Studio Tour. That's that's right. Yeah. So we, we did that. um, And that was really great. We sold some original work there. Yeah. And what it was just really interesting because we went from, you know, doing a gallery show was our first thing and then doing another art event. And honestly, looking back, like that's not really where we should have been, right? but it's just kind of how we started. And then in 2010, and that was the fall of 2009. And then in 2010, Renegade Craft Fair came to Austin. And that's, I think, the first time we really experienced this is where we need to be someplace like this. Yeah. And that kind of, at that point, it was like, oh, well, there's these shows. And Renegade Craft Fair happens all over the U.S. They're, they happen in Chicago. They happen in L.A., San Francisco, Austin, everywhere, like most of the major cities. But it's more of a retail environment in a way. It's less, it's not, a, it's not a gallery at all. So yeah, not a gallery. It's, you know, it's, a, I mean, it's called Renegade Craft Fair. It's yeah. like a craft fair, but we did that. We did the one in Austin and then we immediately, uh, we got accepted to do the one in LA and then we got accepted to do the one in Chicago and being on the road, traveling to these shows just really changed what we were doing. And and in that time, actually, since we launched on um, in 2006, we were online and yeah. that was where we were making our money. And and it was good. Like that was, you know, steady income. But once we got the show bug, it was like, yeah, it, whoa. Seeing people in person react to our stuff was a game changer, at least for me. Yeah. Well, I liked, you know, getting the feedback that was really great. Like you could, you could see people reacting to price points and to designs. Yeah. And then again, like requesting, requesting things, you know, like when we started, it was stationary and then we, and original art and then people were wanting t-shirts. So we started making t-shirts and really getting a feel for, you know, that kind of feedback and what customers would expect from us. And without that feedback, we wouldn't have done all the things we did after. I mean, T-shirts are our main thing now, and that wouldn't have been the case had we not done those shows. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think we would have eventually You think that's a natural t-shirts. evolution? I think our trajectory at that point, because we, were do, we had done some art shows before we did a craft fair, mm-hmm. I think it's maybe not. Maybe we wouldn't have gone to apparel. Uh-huh. 
I think it was just definitely more art focused. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I just know that Renegade changed a lot for us. Stores came up to us at Renegade wanting to carry our products. So that got us into wholesale and consignment. And then we just kept doing shows. When I look back, I think sometimes I'm grateful, you know, for everything that Renegade taught us. But what I've seen from us is we're not, we haven't been the best at changing trajectories or like adding in new avenues in the past. So, you know, we were focused on online at first and we were doing well, but then once we got the show bug, then our online wasn't like started falling to the wayside. All we thought about was shows, the next show, what we were going to do for that show. Yeah. Although it was good because when we, when we were good at keeping our online shops stocked, we would get more sales online leading up to the show and after the show because people would find us on the Renegade website. Yeah. And that was really good. And I think eventually we learned that lesson. So now before we do any show, we stock the website before we leave for the show. We make sure that it's up and updated and, or at least we try to. Yeah. But I think, but now we're doing less shows. Well, now we're doing less shows. Sure. I mean, cause once we started doing Renegade and traveling, doing the what I call the Renegade circuit, like once we started doing that, then, I mean, we got up to, well, we were doing the Renegade craft fairs and then we started doing anime conventions. And so between anime conventions and Renegade craft fair, we were doing like 16 shows a year. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. It's, it's a lot. I mean, and it's a lot of traveling and setting up your booth and breaking down and talking to people all weekend. It's a lot of work. So we had that going and then we were doing wholesale and consignment at the same time. Which is also a lot of work. More work <laughs> than you would think. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And then by doing shows, we ended up getting our first licensing gig. Um, someone saw our work at an art fair and they asked us if we would be interested in licensing to them. Yeah. And that was huge for us. That was um, South by Southwest, which is a local multimedia event in Austin, Texas. And from there we were like, Oh, licensing's awesome. We want to do more of this. You mean we can get paid and not have to go anywhere? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. It's like, wait a minute. I can make as much money licensing as I do in a day, like doing a show. Like sign me up. So then we started, um, we went from there from doing shows and wholesale and consignment to licensing. And then that became like our bigger focus. And then um, we got into a local art show in Austin, Texas called Armadillo Christmas Bazaar. And that's a beast of a show. Yeah. It runs usually about 10 days. Sometimes it's 12 days, but It averages at about 10 days. It's a long show. And you're there 12 hours a day, easy. And you're just in this building, like... Stuck in the booth with the bright lights beating down on you. And three live bands a day. Yeah. And it's it's brutal. And you never know, like, what the weather is like, you know, or see sunlight, you know. I guess you could take some breaks, but for me, I'm mostly just in my booth all day long. Yeah. You're kind of stuck there unless you want to pay money to hire somebody to be there for you. 
Which we do sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, you gotta you gotta leave the building at some time. Yeah. It's just I I don't know. When I leave, I'm just like I I want to be back there. It's it's hard to not be there. Well, because there's a sense that only you can sell your stuff. You know your stuff better than anybody does. So if you hire somebody to be in that booth, they might not be able to convey, you know, what the the uh, design means or even what the name of the character is. And that's true. I mean, we we have like a handful of people that we super trust running our our booth, and one of them we actually met at our first Renegade. It was a she was a journalist, and she um, interviewed us for a paper, and. Um, we ended up becoming friends and now she, she's one of our go-to people to work our booth because she knows the characters' names. She knows like the stories behind them because she's kind of been there, you know, for, you know, for the long haul. So like, she's my favorite person to work our booth because she, she can easily talk about our characters like we can. I didn't remember that that's where we had met her. Wow. Yeah. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, her name is Jennifer, and she runs a business called Jen Hart's Art. Um, but back then, she was interviewing for an arts section in a paper, and she kind of she became one of our best friends. She's my favorite person to work our booth. It's just hard. You know, our products have stories. Our characters, you know, yeah, they're not just cute designs and people want to know hey why does this hot dog have a baseball bat you know they want to know the story yeah (laughs) and what's the deal with this guy what's the deal with this hamburger yeah and and people really like hearing the stories and we like sharing them so it's 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 better for us to be in the booth but you know we do have a handful of people that can can convey what our, our brand is about, what our yeah. characters are about. So we started doing that show. And once we started doing that show, we trimmed down the other shows that we were doing because financially we could. Um, Armadillo is just, it's a really great show and it brings in, you know, a good chunk of our income for the year. Yeah, it's a, it's a good piece of what we make for the year on this one long, long, long show. <laughs> Not that many longs. It's just about two weeks. Okay. <laughs> but it is pretty brutal. Um, but it's also great. Like there's yeah. a there's great camaraderie. Camaraderie? 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 <laughs> there. I mean, all the artists, you know, we're all in it together. So, you know, we have each other's back, which I also felt like when we were doing the Renegade Craft Fair, like we made friends on the road and, you know, from all over, you know, and you would you would be excited to be like, oh, are you going to be in Chicago? Are you going to be in L.A.? Are you going to be in Austin? Like, where are you going to be? Yeah, and it's the only t- time you get to see some of these people for the year. So you want to keep doing those shows so you can also see the people you've met. We moved into licensing, like I was saying. Uh, we did a couple of licensing shows, and that was really huge for us because we got licensing deals and our business has changed since, you know, since we started, we started, you know, doing little comics and, you know, designs and original artwork and stationery and doing art shows. And then we ended like at galleries and then we ended up doing the Renegade Craft Fair. And then we moved on to, well, not 
totally moved on. We added in anime conventions and comic conventions. Then we added in licensing. So mm-hmm. like we evolved into licensing and doing client work. Yeah. And I think now, like it's funny, the the business shifts. So it, like where your attention goes the most shifts a lot or has for us because we've had so many opportunities that we've le- learned along the way. Yeah, we're really started to hone in on what we want to do. I think our favorite thing, what do you think our favorite thing is, Josh? Or what's your favorite thing? Probably licensing. Yeah, licensing's pretty yeah. great. It's great. It's funny. I mean, we 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 do a lot of client work too, and the client work I think for me is a little fun because our name isn't always attached to the client work we do. And so when I see like designs that we've done out in the wild yeah it's like funny to be like hey we did that yeah i mean the pressure wasn't there as much at the time to make it fit our brand and to you know have this cohesive style that matches everything else we've done so sometimes that can be a little fun to break away from it do something different yeah i just like that little it's like a little secret like a little business secret that we have little business easter egg yeah you know not many people you know would know just like the people that commission us they know but no one else really knows unless we tell them and we don't really but it's fun i like the evolution of our business what do you think yeah i do too i think we've come a long way for sure i you know i couldn't have imagined back then where we would be now what we would be doing. Um, it's like the saying, you, you don't know what you don't know. And I think that's really true. <laughs> like I could not have imagined being in, li- in licensing now. I, I didn't even know it was a thing back then. You know, it's, you know, thinking about that, it's like, I did know licensing was a thing because I was fortunate enough that in high school, my, my art teacher, he did licensing and he also uh-huh. did um, graphic design for local businesses. Oh, wow. So I was a little familiar with that. And then my college professor did the same thing. Um, it's funny. They were very similar, but they're not the same person. So I knew about it. I just, I don't know. I just didn't think about it for us. But then once we started doing it, once we kind of understood it better, then it was like I felt comfortable. And yeah. I was like, oh, wait, like I know these teachers, that's what they did. You had already absorbed some of that knowledge without knowing it. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I had it like stored away. I mean, I guess because back then, like when I was in high school, like art was not anything I had any intention of doing as a career. Right. You were going to do music something, right? Yeah. Well, I wanted to open up a music store and a record label and a recording studio (laughs) <laughs> my my dream was that I would have a record store that would fund the record label and the recording studio. <laughs> but that was back in the day before everything was falling apart. Yeah. Um, when people still bought CDs. Yeah, when people still bought CDs and supported musicians more than they do now. Yeah. Um, and then in college, originally I was going for music business and then I switched to art and then that's when I had that art teacher or that art professor that did licensing and stuff but even still it wasn't I didn't really know what I was gonna do what about you Josh what do you 
What did you think you were going to do or what were you wanting to do? Uh, Well, when I was in middle school, I thought I was going to be a comic book artist for Marvel. You know, I like to draw Spider-Man and Spawn and all those characters. And I thought that that's what I was going to be doing. But once I got into high school, my art style changed to a more cartoony style. And so that's where my direction went. Since then, it was more of a a doodler and, uh, you know, more of a cartoony artist, which I think informed, you know, what our characters look like today a little bit. Yeah, totally. So that's a little bit about us and where we started. Our future episodes, we'll talk about working from home, business model changes. How we come up with characters and more behind the scenes of Roboroku. And we're open to uh, suggestions. So just shoot us an email at hello at roboroku.com. Follow us on socials at Roboroku. And for show notes, you can go to our website, roboroku.com slash podcast. Come back for some more fun chats. I'm Renee. And I'm Josh. And we're Team Roboroku. Roboroku.